Thank you. So there was a pastor who got asked to do a wedding, and it was kind of a last-minute deal. And so he said, well, you guys come to church Sunday morning, and we'll do the wedding right after service. And so he was getting to the end of his message, and his mind blanked. He couldn't. And so he was scrambling, he's trying to think of what to say. And so finally, just at the end of service, he said, well, those of you who want to get married, come up. He had five single men, four single women, two widows, and three widowers show up to get married. So some of us have a mission in life, right? <laughs> some of that mission is to find that certain person we want to spend our lives with. Some of it is to make enough money to retire. Some of it is to raise our kids and get them out of the house without killing them. You know, some of it, that was a joke. <laughs> some of you are thinking right now, it's not, but um, life. And so we've been talking about uh, a series called Love My Church, and we've been talking about what makes our church our church, what makes us us. And so two weeks ago, we talked about our foundation, what we build our church family on. Last week, we talked about being a church family. It's one of our values is being a church family. Today, we're going to talk about missions because one of our church's values is what? Missions. And when we think of missions, we often think of people like Brian Davis in Senegal, or we think of Manny in France, or we think of the different missionaries, or we think of the Hubbles with motorcycle ministry or the Griders. But how many of you know missions is there, but missions is also where? Here, right? Literally in our backyard. So uh, I was thinking the other day, I was sitting on my, or standing on my deck looking out, and behind my, our house are some apartment buildings. I bet there are five nations in those apartment buildings behind my house, literally in my backyard, like where I share a dumpster with them, like across the alley. And so, guys, we have missions everywhere. And so today we're going to talk about how we can be more aware of the missions that God does and God wants to do in us and God wants to do through us. Uh, but before I do that, real quick, I want to remind you, you know, these students were up here talking about camp. On a Sunday morning, I challenge you to walk through our church. You're going to see those students doing ministry all over our church. There's one in the sound booth right now, two in the sound booth right now helping. Uh, they teach Sunday school. Uh, we had one, uh, Parhesha, got drafted and teaching Sunday school at the last second, younger kids' Sunday school class. I mean, these kids are everywhere. So, you know, be aware of that and encourage those kids in that, if you would. Uh, also, before I forget, there's a senior adult conference coming up. I'm really excited about that. This September 2nd through the 4th, I believe. There's a conference just for our seniors. So if you're looking at camp and saying, man, I wish I could be a part of that, you can. Except you get to stay in a hotel in Branson. So that's better than, you know, a camp dorm anytime. It'll smell much better, believe me. But um, it's in Branson, Missouri. I think the cost is $85. And uh, that's just for registration. And so if you want, if you have your Bibles, open to Psalm 89. Psalm 89. If you open up your Bible right in the middle, Psalms is right there. Psalm 89, verse 1. It says, I will sing of the Lord's unfailing. Love forever. Young and old will hear of your faithfulness. Young and old around us to know about his love. All right? So God wants us to share that with the world around us. He wants us to share it. And guys, we're part of a movement called the Assemblies of God. It's a, it's a fellowship 
um, cooperative fellowship, voluntary cooperative fellowship. If you want to know, for those of you who will be taking that test soon. All right. The AG was built in 1914. And you know what our movement was built on? <clears throat> Missions. In 1914, a group got together that came out of a revival in California, and they said, we want to be the greatest or the biggest mission-sending movement in the world. That's why the Assemblies of God was started. That's who we are. Missions is at our core. Missions is who we are. So, guys, our church and our movement are built on missions, and we want to pass that down to the next generation. It's like the psalmist said, I want young and old to know about your goodness. I want young and old to know about your faithfulness. We send that out through the missions. And so how do we, how are we aware? We have to be missionally aware. If we want to be a mission-sending church, if we want to be a mission-sending people, we have to be aware of missions. We need to be missionally aware. And that means we have to be aware of the commission to make what? Disciples. We have to be aware of the commission that Jesus gave us to make disciples. In Matthew 28, 18, Jesus said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make what? Disciples of all nations. So guys, missions is at our core. Missions is who we are as Christians. It's not just something we give. It's something that we are. So you have to be aware. Jesus told us we have to go and make disciples. And what is a commission? A commission is a job. It's not just a suggestion. Jesus didn't say, well, you know, if you have time between meetings, go make disciples. No, he said, go and make disciples of all nations. It's a command. And guys, telling somebody about Jesus doesn't have to be pushy, right? If I buy something cool, guess what I do? I'll tell people about it, right? If I find some great shoes, I say, hey, man, check these out. These are the greatest shoes ever, right? I tell people about it. It's just natural. If I find, if I get a new car, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to tell people about it. When somebody changes my life, I tell people about it. Jesus has changed our lives. He's changed our world. And it's just simply telling people about it. That's what missions is. It's just telling others what God has done in our lives. So we have to be aware of the opportunities that we're given. We have to be aware. We have to look for opportunities because they show up all the time. We have opportunities to tell our coworkers about Jesus, about what he's done. We have opportunities to tell people at school what he's done. We have opportunities to tell our neighbors what he's done. And we can share that with them. And you don't have to necessarily stand on a table in the lunchroom, right? They'll get you fired, probably. You don't, have to, you don't have to stand up and yell. You don't have to stand on a street corner and scream at people. But you can just tell others what Jesus has done in you, Right? We were on a motorcycle ride a couple weeks ago, uh, and we were in Broken Bow, and there was a guy that stopped us. We were coming out of a restaurant, getting our cards, and uh, he said, hey, how do I get part of your organization? So he started talking to us, and he told us he got burned at work really bad. And he said, I think God had a plan for me. He was trying to get my attention. Pretty simple, right? I mean, he just told us, this is what God did to me. And in John 13, 34, Jesus says, I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So we can't just tell people about Jesus. We have to show them Jesus. And we show it through our what? Through our lifestyle. 
We show it through loving people. We show it through being different than the world around us. So there's a lot of opportunities around us. And globally, guys, this generation has more opportunity to share Jesus globally than any generation before us because of technology. And they can send out sermons and messages. We have a friend that was working on videos. job was to make videos about Jesus, and they sent it over the TV waves into other countries that couldn't, they couldn't go talk about Jesus there, so they shared it over TV. Guys, we have opportunities all the time to give monthly to our missionaries, to speed the light, to BGMC, to light for the lost. All these things go in place of us, right? They go. We have mission trips. Every year, our church does at least one missions trip, one opportunity. Every year, we go to Sturgis. You may say, ah, I'm not crazy about bikers. I don't want to go up there. We always do something else. This year, we went to Phoenix. Two years ago, we went to France. A couple years before that, we went to a Teen Challenge Center. We've done that twice. So there's always, we went to Detroit. Crushy got handcuffed in Chicago. It was pretty cool. On that trip, cops handcuffed her. We got a picture of it. Yeah, we were going to try to do it in L.A., but we figured that may not go well. So, so we've got opportunities. She didn't do anything wrong. It was just a funny picture. Um, so we have opportunities all the time to go and to tell people about Jesus. So we have to be aware. And they say, well, I, you know, I can't go physically. We can give. Do you know our power kids, our Wednesday night kids church program, have taken up missions programs? They sent money to Senegal to build a part of a church for kids. And this last year they did, um, what's it they did this last time? Yes, they helped send money or send a computer to a pastor in Madagascar. So we've got lots of opportunities, guys, to be a part of missions. So we just have to be aware. We have to be aware of those things that are going on. So what can God do through you? So you have to be aware of the opportunities locally and globally. We also have to be aware that there are opposition. There is going to be opposition. How many of you know when you start doing something for Jesus, there's going to be opposition to that, right? There's a very real enemy. The devil really does exist. He's not just a little cartoon character with horns. He really exists. And guys, I can promise you when you start doing something for Jesus, he's going to oppose you. He's going to do something to get in your way. We were getting ready to go on this mission trip to Phoenix. Several people on our team had stuff that just started happening right before. It's amazing. But, guys, here's the thing. In our world today, there is so much opposition to Christianity. People are pushing against us all the time. And it's not just people. It's spiritual forces that are doing this. Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10. Listen to what Paul says. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. Did you catch that? We're not fighting against the Democrats. We're not fighting against Republicans. We're not fighting against this group or that group. We are fighting against the devil. We're fighting against evil rulers and authorities in unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. 
Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle's over, you'll be standing firm. So guys, we have to understand when we start putting Jesus first in our lives, Satan is going to come against us. He is going to start fighting against you. He will do it. But here's the great thing. John 16, Jesus says, I've told you all this. You can have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart because I have to be aware that there are opportunities to share the gospel all over the place. That's what missions is. So there are opportunities to give to missionaries so you can have a part in that. There are opportunities to go on the mission field. We will give you opportunities to go and to do that. There are opportunities right in our backyard. But guys, there are also going to be opposition. When you start doing this, there will be opposition. That's part of it. So we have to be aware of what's going on. And then we have to genuinely care. We have to genuinely care. God has to do a work in our hearts to make us care about others, right? So we can't be missionally indifferent. And I'll just tell you, when you try to type missionally, word is going to hate you. It, all week long, I was typing this. It kept coming up. No, that's not a word. It is. We can't be missionally indifferent. What does indifferent mean? It means not caring. And guys, it's hilarious. Our world right now, is, it's like the whole world's on drugs, right? It's amazing because half the world is upset about what? Everything. Half our world is mad about everything. They are outraged against everything. And the other half doesn't care at all about anything, it seems like. Our world is, is kind of there. And so that's why everything is turned up so high in our world, trying to get our attention. Have you seen TV commercials lately? They try to shock you, right? So you pay attention. Because we're just saturated with so much that it's so easy to become indifferent. And so our culture has been a, become a cultural of cult, <laughs> I can't talk. Our culture has become either indifferent or outraged. It seems like there's not a middle ground anymore. And so we, we turn a deaf ear to so many things that we can't turn a deaf ear to Christ. So there's a missiologist. This is a person who studies missions. His name is Robert McQuicken. Isn't that a great name? McQuicken. Sounds like a track runner. But he says this. He says there's five reasons Christians don't get involved in missions. Five reasons. Number one, he says, we really don't care that much. And it is so easy in America, in our comfortable world, to not care about what's going on outside our world, right? It's so easy to become insulated. I'm actually reading a book right now about a, a young man. It's a story about a young man who came from Sudan to play basketball. And he was telling a little bit of his background. And their world has just been turned upside down by war all the time. It says they just become almost indifferent to it. And it made me think, man, how blessed are we here? You know, where our biggest problems are air conditioners going out or dogs running through our yard. I mean, it's, we don't have these things that other parts of the world do. So it's easy for us to not care. So sometimes we don't care. Sometimes we don't see very well. It says we don't see very well. We don't see the need. And we do our best here at Calvary to make sure you see the needs that are out there. Don does a great job in Sunday school talking about what's going on in missions around the If you look over here in the foyer on the right, those of you that are here in Lex, if you look out in the foyer, there's a TV screen that loops through videos 
made by our missionaries to show what's going on in their parts of the world. On the table out here, there are updates that they send us every month that Sydney prints out, puts out there. You can see what's going on around the world. So it's easy for us to not care very much. It's easy for us not to see the needs. A lot of times we think there's another way. There must be somebody else that'll do it, right? There must be someone else who will take my place or someone else who will give in my place. But the way we do missions in the assemblies is called a faith promise system. That means if I don't give my missions giving, guess what? That missionary doesn't get that money. There's not a pot of gold in Springfield that they just pull from to send to our missionaries. It comes from us. And so when we give, our missionaries have what they need. Sometimes we think prayer is not that important. Prayer is peripheral. We don't pray. And then sometimes we just really don't listen. We don't want to hear. So guys, we have to be open to what's going on. We, have to, we can't be indifferent, and we can't forget that Jesus cares. We can't forget that Jesus cares about the lost. One of my favorite passages comes from Matthew chapter 9, starting in verse 36. Jesus came out of a boat, he crossed the sea, came out of a boat, and he saw a crowd there, and it says this. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who's in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his field. Guys, Jesus cares about people who don't know him yet. Jesus' heart is for the lost. He wants us to go out into the, work, into the fields and do the work. So we don't just do missions because it's part of who we are. We do missions because Jesus really cares about those people. Do you realize in China how many people live in that continent that have never heard the gospel? Jesus cares about them. Jesus cares about people in our backyard who have never heard about him. He cares about this. So guys, that's why we do missions. And it's so easy for us to think that the church is here for us, but really, guys, the church is the only organization that exists for those who aren't part of it yet. Did you catch that? The church is the only organization in the world that exists for those who are not yet a part of it. We exist to tell the world about Jesus because he loves them. That's why we have these banners that say all for Jesus here in the church and in the fellowship hall. It's our missions theme. And so we can't become indifferent to obedience. We have to make missions a priority in our lives. So I know you're saying, well, pastor, I'm in Nebraska, or I'm in Colorado, or I'm in Missouri, or wherever you're watching this stream. What can I do? How do we get involved in missions? Well, we can pray. We can pray for our missionaries. They need it. They will come and tell you stories that will make your hair stand up <laughs> about things that go on. It's amazing. I know when we were in India on a missions trip, there was a guy who came into one of our services, and he was demon-possessed. He was growling and <laughs> all kinds of stuff. And so we prayed for him, and God delivered him. And then we were in another service, and this lady came in the back. She started acting out, so they took her outside. And after service, they said, what, what was going on? I said, oh, she had a demon. She's fine now. It was just not a big deal to them. I mean, they face this stuff all the time. It's a normal thing for them. So we need to pray for our missionaries, but we can also give. You can give in the offering to go to missionaries, and that giving allows them to do the work that they do. It allows them to continue doing that work, and we can go. We can go here locally. We can do things. 
We had VBS a couple weeks ago. That's missions. Right? It's pretty easy missions. They come to us. But it's missions. You can go to your neighbors. You can take cookies to your neighbors. Hey, Jesus loves you. Here, have some cookies. You can make banana bread. That's one of my daughter's things. She made banana bread for the neighbors. All right? And take them over. Just do anything you can to reach out and to give. So, so we have to be aware. We can't allow ourselves to become indifferent. And then lastly, we can honestly give of our treasures. What are our two treasures that we have? Our time and our resources, right? We can give those things to the Lord to be involved in missions. And we can trust that God will take good care of us. How many of you have, could honestly say God has taken really good care of me over the years? Yeah? All right? When we give, God takes care of us. We trust. And that's what giving is, guys. Giving is trust. Saying, Lord, I trust you enough to give that 10% that you asked me to give. I trust you enough to give over and above that into missions. I trust you enough to give. I trust you enough to give of my time. And you know, it's funny, when you get into life, there's, there's kind of this certain tipping point in your life where you would rather give money than give time. Have you been there yet? Like, well, you know, I could do that, or I could pay somebody to do that, and <laughs> it's, it's easier. It's funny, uh, one of my professors in college was telling us that she pastored a church. She had a women's ministry and a men's ministry like most churches, and she was asking them to get involved in a, a missions program, and they needed to raise $1,000 each. So she challenged her women's ministry to raise $1,000 for this program, the men's ministry to get $1,000. So she went to the WMs, the women's ministry, and they sat down and said, okay, we need to raise this money. We're going to organize a fundraiser, and we're going to do this, and you're going to be in charge of this, and this, and this, and this. And they got this whole thing set up. So she went to the men's ministry and said, we need 1000 bucks." And the guy said, well, there's 10 of us. If we each give 100 bucks, we can get this over and go watch football. And so it's just kind of that. They raised their 1000 right there. But, you know, it's, it's giving, right? It's giving of our time, giving of our resources. And it's trusting God that he'll take care of us when we do those things. So we have to trust God to take care of us. Then we can practice giving through faith. When we give to missions, we're showing God that we care about those lost. When we give to missions, we're saying, Lord, your heartbeat is my heartbeat. This is what I want. I want this. And, guys, when we give, we're really proving something, Right? We're showing our kids and our grandkids that when I give, it's because I, what? Care. And it's because I trust. So, I was going to show a meme up here, but I probably, I won't do that. You can leave that off. But how many of you ever met someone who says they're a big fan of a team? Huskers, right? (laughs) If someone is wearing all kinds of Husker gear, you expect them to what? To know about the Huskers a little bit. So if you go up and say, hey, what's the record this year? And they say, well, I, uh, they're probably not a fan, right? They just want to wear the stuff. We see this as well. <laughs> we see this as well, like people wear a shirt that says, I live to ride their motorcycle. And then you look on their odometer and there's like 100 miles on their bike, right? And it's like, well, I don't, I don't think you really are living to ride. You just like the stuff, right? Or, you know, if you see people who go to the gym, <laughs> I'm getting myself in trouble. People who wear gym clothes, but they never go to the gym. You ever met those people? Yeah. So when we say, I'm a Christian, but I don't give to missions, or I don't have a heart for missions, it shows you where my heart is, right? 
I've heard people say, if you want to see what your priorities really are, look at your checkbook and see where your money goes, because that's where your priorities are. And so when we give to missions, we're showing God, yeah, I'm saying I'm in this. I want to give. I want to do this. And we can stretch our faith through missions. I can stretch our faith through missions. If you really want to grow your faith, go on a missions trip. If you really want to stretch yourself, go on a missions trip. Right? It's going gonna, it's gonna to make you go. It's going to make you do something. We were, um, this last trip when we were in Phoenix, they took us to downtown Los Angeles into Skid Row. I'll be honest, I was a little nervous. <laughs> it was rough. And we were out, uh, we were handing out downtown LA and Skid Row. We were handing out these little hygiene packs and waters. And this guy came by and he was selling tasers, like in a shopping cart, selling tasers. And so he pulled out a, a taser and he said, hey, look, you know, and he held it out. And we said, what are you doing with that? He's like, oh, I'm just selling. And then he pulled out a bat that had a taser on the end of it. And I felt my daughter kind of doing this. And then she was kind of putting me between him and her. She was like, Dad, I'm a little nervous. And I said, yeah, I know. It's, it's okay. So it's just a different world, right? But when we step out and say, Lord, I'm going to trust you to take care of us. We're going to go do this thing. It stretches our faith. And guys, you can do that right here in Lexington, right where we live. You can stretch your faith. You can go talk to a coworker. Hey, you look like you're having a really hard time. Would it be okay if I prayed for you? That's all it takes. And you know what? Nine times out of ten, people are going to say, yeah, would you please pray for me? I would love that. It could just be a, hey, I see that you're trying to get your kid some school supplies. Got to give you some money for that to help out. It's these little things. It's just doing little things, stepping out. So, guys, our church is built on the foundations of missions. And missions is there, but missions is also here. I can get involved in missions by praying. I can get involved in missions by giving. I can get involved in missions by doing. Doing it. Going right where we're at. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come up this morning. If you're physically able, would you stand with us this morning? If you're at home watching, would you stand this morning? So, Lord, we thank you this morning for your heart for people who don't yet know you. Lord, we were all there at one point. But, Lord, thank you that you've changed our lives like we celebrated earlier today. And, God, we pray that this morning you would help us to be aware of those around us who don't know you, to be aware of the opportunities to be involved in missions right here where we live and to be involved across the world through our missionaries. And so, Lord, I just pray this morning you would speak to our hearts today. Lord, if there are any of us here, any of us watching online that don't yet have a relationship with you, would you speak to our hearts and help us to know we can have that relationship today just by asking. Lord, if there are any of us here and, and we're holding on to parts of our lives, say, I don't, I don't really want to give that. I don't want to give that up. Lord, would you show us that today? And if any of us are comfortable and we're not looking at the opportunities around us for missions, Lord, would you speak to us as well? So with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here today and you say, you know, Pastor Rex, I haven't asked Jesus to come into my life. I haven't given my life over to him. But I want to do that today. Would you just slip your hand up right where you're at? I just want to give my life to Jesus. I want to ask him to forgive my sins. Uh, 
gonna ask you all to pray this prayer with me for those that raise their hands and those who are at home that we can't see. And we're just gonna pray this prayer together. And if you pray this, you're just saying, Jesus, come into my life and make me new. And this is what the Bible calls a new start. You're asking him to forgive your sins. And that's what starts this relationship with him. That then is carried on by following him. So would you pray this prayer with me? Dear Jesus, thank you so much for loving me. Thank you for coming to this earth and dying in my place so I could be forgiven. And I admit that I've sinned. Please forgive me. Come into my life and make me new. Help me to follow you every day of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you're here today and you say, you know, Pastor, I just want to be more aware of opportunities around me. It's so easy for me to get focused on what I'm doing every day that I don't see the lost people around me. I don't see people who need that hope around me. If that's you, would you slip your hand up? I just want to be more aware of those around me that need Jesus. If you're here today and you say, you know what, I want to get involved. God is challenging me maybe to give of my time or to give of my money to missions or to pray more, but I want to get involved. That she would just slip your hand up. Man, God is talking to me. So I'm going to pray this morning. And if you want, you're welcome to come up to the front here. If you want to pray about these things, or if you have a need, I'm going to ask you if you want to, you can come up. Someone will meet you up here to pray with you. So dear Jesus, I thank you for the opportunity to get involved. And so what I pray for all those that said, I want to be more aware of those around me who need hope. God, would you help us to see the opportunities that you give? And to take those opportunities and to step out in faith and to trust you to meet us there. And Lord, you help us to see those and to respond. And Lord, also, if, if you're challenging us to step out, maybe in, in doing or maybe in giving, Father, would you encourage us and give us the strength to do that as well? In Jesus' name, amen.